Welcome to Small Business Spoonfuls Podcast, a laid-back discussion of the serious HR topics and trends of today. Sponsored by HelpDeskForHR.com. All right, we are live. So hello, everybody, and welcome to our show. My name's Aaron Bowen. I'm the community manager here at Helpdesk for HR. Um, if you're not familiar with our format, we'll be answering questions throughout the show. Uh, so leave us a comment on Facebook. We'll answer you as we go along. Um, if we do run out of time, as we're discussing our everything, uh, we'll, we'll answer in the comments after the show ends. Um, and same goes for if you leave a question after the uh, the live stream ends. So um, if you don't have the time to watch us live as well, we'll have the replay on Facebook and also the recording uh, through our Small Business Spoonfuls podcast on Apple and Spotify. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the potential bill that's going to be passed through the White House for the mandatory paid leave act um it's part of the uh it's part of this um fa- the the american families plan initiative uh that the president has set forth and uh, with me today as always is our ceo sphr scp eeoc certified investigator lisa smith how are you today lisa I'm doing good. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, this plan has been the source of a lot of conversation here at Help Desk. Um, yeah. It's been out for <laughs> it's been out here uh, out for a couple of weeks now. I mean, and again, we just want to stress like this isn't a law. This isn't, you know, being voted on at the moment. Right. And, you know, it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of subject to <clears throat> change. But we wanted to talk about this today because um, we just want to take a minute to make sure small businesses specifically are really thinking forward and we know that as the pandemic has hit small businesses it's been hard it continues to be difficult you know the ppp has helped and there have been some uh, you know rescue you know lifelines thrown but at the end of the day it's been tough and so now if we put on top of the things that we're already struggling with paid leave up to 12 weeks then that sounds very intimidating And so I just want everybody to know that, you know, this paid leave is if it goes through and if it, you know, gets voted on and it it passes, this isn't number one going to happen immediately. And then the other thing that people should understand is everything is subject to change. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, thinking about what it's, what it looks like right now, um, it would be 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave that would be phased in over and listen to this over 10 years. So that's a big deal. Phasing something in over 10 years is very helpful to small businesses and, you know, would mean that they don't just throw it all on you the first year. Now, will there be tax credits and, you know, how will employers pay for this and all of that? you know, that's all going to remain to be seen. And so we don't want to delve too much into maybe this, maybe that. But I will say that there is going to be a sliding scale, it, it seems like is what they want. And it could mean that workers would would be earning up to $4,000 a month during this paid time off. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge amount of yeah. money. I mean, up to 4000 or 4000 is the cap. And then yeah. you're like you're 
amount that you get paid is is generally going to be like two thirds of your salary. And then if you're at a lower income bracket, it can be up to 80%. So again, like you said, that kind of sliding scale. Um, and really, like, I didn't see a lot of numbers in this, but that 4000 stuck out because that's I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of change. Um, you know, on, on a month to month basis for a single individual to be to be earning up to so um, I know the, the the plan said that it was going to cost about $225 billion over the course of the 10 years. And there are some things, like you said, that are going to scale over time. And then there's certain things that are going to be set into effect immediately. Um, it kind of seemed, I don't know, I have my opinions about this. It kind of seemed like the things that were going to be set into effect immediately in this um, in this section, like the paid bereavement leave up to three days of paid bereavement leave, um, that's kind of something that the majority of ploy- employers already offer anyway. So it didn't seem like it was a huge benefit to employees, um, but it, 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 it it's nice because it levels the playing field. Um, I think the 12 weeks of especially like maternity leave, paid maternity leave is something that should I mean, that that frankly should have been mandatory for a very long time now um i know (laughs) it's probably not something a lot of employers and hr people want to hear uh but as a as a uh, young young man uh and an employee uh i i I tend to vie on the side of the employee uh and these sorts of things so i think it's definitely something that should have been um offered by every company for a long time because i think only about 10 percent of companies actually offer paid um, paid maternity leave. So it's not something that, that happens. And, and, and really, I think it's just for the mothers, even in this bill, I don't think it's even for the fathers, but regardless, um, it is something, it is something that it's nice. The fact that they offered it, even though it does scale over a long period of time. Yeah. And actually, um, I want to just make a quick correction there under this bill. It it's not, it's actually called parental leave. So it would cover fathers too. Oh really? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's gonna, I must have yeah, it's going to cover everyone. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. No, it is. And as a matter of fact, it would it would cover time to bond with a new child, to have the mm-hmm. baby and or bond, um, care for a seriously ill loved one, and the loved one definition okay. is being reviewed. But this could extend out to siblings and grandparents and and people that maybe you know we're not typically thinking that we would cover under yeah. a regular FMLA type thing. Um, of course, dealing with a military um, employment or I'm sorry, deployment of a loved one. Um, and when they use the term loved one, again, it that means that they're not, they're not just talking about your spouse. So that's going to be right. significant. Um, also covering things like domestic violence leave, um, you know, awesome. leave for people who have. Yeah. Who who are undergoing a stalking issue or who have been assaulted, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who need a minute to heal from those things as well as their own serious illnesses. And then, of course, the bereavement. And like you said, most companies, you know, these days are offering bereavement pay anyway. But a lot of companies, especially small businesses who really watch their budgets tightly, 
We'll give people, you know, three, four, five days off to go take care of funeral situations, but yeah. that leave may be charged to PTO or some other accrued leave and may right. not be specifically paid under a bereavement leave policy. So this is interesting because throughout history, you know, we've kind of always said bereavement leave is one of those leaves that's, you know, not legislated. And now we've started to see certain states coming up and legislating that, you know, certain paid leaves can and should be used for bereavement and um, employers have had to kind of reshape their policies to fit that and then if this were to go into effect then in year one basically day one um, bereavement leave is going to be on the table and then after year one is over then you know year two through ten would ramp up the entire 12 weeks um, again though all of the details are uncertain we really can't comment on what might be as far as, you know, would there be a number of employees that you would have to cross a threshold with or, you know, whatever. We don't really know. But as far as we can tell, this is going to be very wide sweeping. And so it could be it could be every employer or it could be someone with just 10 employees like we just really don't know yet. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And and, and I think the biggest part for most employers, the concern is going to be the cost like we mentioned, because it says how much it's going to cost them, but it doesn't say how much it's going to cost us. And also them is still us because it's just being paid through by taxes. You know, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this bill that says, oh, it's free, but it's really not because we're still paying yeah. for it. <laughs> I know. But, Ain't nothing free, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. we just kind of wanted to pop on today and we just kind of wanted to like answer some of those questions that we're getting. People are like a little nervous with it. And so most of what we have to tell you is we don't know and it depends and yeah. we have to wait and see. But we've kind of given you some of the highlights of what is being mm -hmm. proposed and what it might look like. Yeah. So. And I think, I mean, really just the general, because I read through this whole bill earlier. I mean, the general vibe of the entire bill is just really trying to get people back into the workforce now and to, to keep them, to keep things interesting going on to, into the future. Um, obviously, like you said, all of this is subject to change though, because I mean, it's a 10 year plan. And even if, you know, even, even if the current administration was reelected, in, in four years, that's still only eight years of the 10 that it's going to be in effect. So, you know, those last two years could change something between now and then could change. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's so, it's so crazy <laughs> how much they're trying to yeah. implement uh, and, and really push on into the future. Um, I thought the other, the other thing that was, that was really interesting in here, I know it's not part of the paid leave, but the, um, the child care, um, that being, uh, being capped at 7% of your income. I thought that was a really interesting thing. Um, as far as, as far as trying to get people back into the workforce as well, because I know, um, I know a lot of people in our group, ha groups, plural, I should say, have, um, had a lot of issues with hiring uh, new people and uh, and getting people on into the workforce. And it's not just throwing money at the problem and hoping people will come your way. You know, there's, there's, all, there's all the benefits and all the pros and cons to coming back into the workforce that people have to consider as well. So hopefully this will, this bill will help curb some of that. 
Um, yeah, and 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 I agree. I mean, I think there are a lot of really positive things in there. Um, somebody mm-hmm. says here, I noticed several yeah. states that have cut out the federal unemployment add-on. Um, it will be interesting to see how all of that goes. Yes, mm-hmm. and thank you for for making that comment because Absolutely. it will be interesting. Yeah, we've got. I just yeah. saw on the news the other night two or three different governors that were being interviewed, and they were talking about how they're you know either have eliminating it, about to eliminate this extra COVID add on to unemployment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because we need to get people back to work, and you yeah. know, not living on the government handout system. You know, any longer than absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely necessary. Absolutely. The uh, so yeah. Thank you for I'm that. Get too political. <laughs> yeah. It, it no. Really, well, <laughs> no. I was going to say the welfare state is just you know killing the economy half the time, and and this is this is basically the new welfare state. I mean, you know, you have you have this extra three hundred dollars a week, and this is something that I I actually made a post about the other day when you have the average employee you know, low income employee who got laid off at the beginning of the pandemic, they're getting about $250 a week of unemployment and then adding $300 on top of that. It was 400, 250 plus 300. If you divide that over a 40 hour week work week is 1375. So about 14 bucks an hour. If you try to give somebody 15 bucks an hour to come back to work, which is a decent chunk of change for a small business, 15 bucks an hour, they're not going to, I'm not going to get off my couch and stop playing Pokemon and watching, (laughs) you know, the circle on Netflix all day to come back for an extra buck. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. I'm too cozy. And so, and, and that's, that's the majority of people. And then you've got people who are doing that, taking care of kids, taking care of sick people, worried about coming back to work, um, because of getting sick, dealing with the public, not having benefits, so on, so on, snowball, snowball, snowball. So if you, but if you take away that, that incentive to sit around all day and just basically trash the economy, (laughs) which is what it's going to wind up doing, um, you know, it's uh, get people back into work and get things back into, into the motion of the way they were. I think it's definitely going to be a big deal. No, I agree because, you know, we have so many. No, it's okay. (laughs) Believe me, you're saying what a lot of people feel. Absolutely. And not trying to be political, but I mean, a lot of people feel that way. And we hear that in our group. We get support questions and comments all the time with people making those exact comments. Um, And then, of course, the other thing that we're looking at um, is the $15 an hour minimum wage that Mm -hmm. is already going to be affecting like maybe effective now I forget what the go date on that was but for government employees who are working on government contracts federal contracts um so those folks are already in the 15 hour Fifteen dollar an hour zone, but for states like Texas, who is at seven twenty five an hour, and you know many many other states who who are at minimum wage or slightly above, um, if we were to just you know take that and say, hey, six months from now or a year from now, it's going to be fifteen. Everybody's pay is going to double. Double. That's going to give us a lot of think through time that we have to like hurry up really and and think it through because. If I'm making seven twenty-five an hour and you're making fifteen dollars an hour, we have two different jobs, and but now suddenly I get to make fifteen an hour. Then does that mean you also get a double your pay? You know, I mean, so I mean, there are going to be a lot of things to think Absolutely. through, and so 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 small employers especially would be well advised right now, straight out of the gate, to start thinking. What would we do if mm-hmm. 
this happen to us? Or what would we do if this becomes law? How would we deal with that increased minimum wage? And what would that look like for our entire workforce, not mm-hmm. just for people who are making you know, below $15 right now. So anyway, a lot of things to think through. Um, We've been on here for 15 minutes. I think we've probably said most of everything we need to say, but I really want to say thank you to everyone for listening. I know, Aaron, you can just go on forever, (laughs) but, and really I I could too, but you know what? We do have a boss call at one o'clock central. So, you know, (laughs) come on. I'll come on with me. I'll come on. I'll come on there and it'll be, it'll be uh three at three hours instead of 90 minutes for sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Well, we have, we have our attorney who's with us today on the boss. Yes. Call. And then we also have uh, one of the top HR consultants, in my opinion, in the country. Um, and so she's going to yes. be on there with us. And we're going to talk about some topics related to when HR should be required to disclose certain information and when they are not required to disclose. And so we're going to yes. do some breakdowns on a, on a few court cases and we're going to look at all that. So That's anyway, awesome. if you're one of our bosses, come out and join us today at one o'clock. I'm sure you got an email from us. And if you're not a boss and you would like to be able to come to our, you know, two or three calls a month and, you know, just for one solid price, then, you know, mm-hmm. reach out to support at at um, helpdesk4hr.com and we will definitely hook that up for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll post the link for boss calls in the chat after we're thank done you. today. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're so, done. It looks like we have a Facebook user that says, I can't wait for the boss call. Heck yes. I know. Me too. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, I got to get off here and finish prepping for that call then. So, All right, um, everybody. Yeah, until we see you again, be audit secure, go do HR like a boss, and thanks, Erin. It was fun. Thank you, Lisa. Take care. If you would like to learn more about our team and the services we provide, head over to helpdeskforhr.com. Our 8,000-plus members enjoy the essential training, tools, and support they need to keep up with ongoing legal changes, as well as maintaining solid HR and employment law compliance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you hear, we'd love to hear from you, either by leaving us a review or you can email us at support at helpdeskforhr.com.